Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Season 2. I'm Martina. This is Gustavo. Um, welcome. Welcome. It's... It's, it's a Saturday morning. It's a Saturday morning. You're, you're at a loss for words today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I haven't slept well. Oh. That's why I haven't put any makeup on. Man. Well, Chanel. Boy to Chanel. Boy to Chanel makeup. <laughs> well, it's at least a better Saturday morning for me. I actually put on makeup, which is very a rare sighting. Yes. Yeah. So. She usually looks like she just came from the gym. The gym. Well, the gym. some mornings when I meet you, I have just gone to yoga. Okay. So it is entirely possible, yes. Right. I'm just... I didn't say it in a bad way. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a pretty um, interesting podcast. It kind of some um, conversation starters, if you will. Um, I think the the biggest thing, and we posted it on our social media account um, earlier this week, is that Carl Lagerfeld actually passed away at 85 years old. And just there are no words to even begin um, to explain what kind of a loss this is for the fashion industry. Exactly. It's, I think there's not enough, I guess, podcast minutes or episodes or even an interview or... Like an homage to kind of sum up of his, how much he's contributed to fashion. Right. Um, and I felt like it's true. Everyone's saying, like, he's one of the last of the great ones mm-hmm. left. Like, from that era that was really, um, like, masters of the creators, you know, like, you know. Like, yeah, I guess, yes, I, I get where you're going with that. It's very much of a... Um, like, there's that old school train of thought, almost like our parents were um, in comparison to us, if you will. Yeah. Um, so, yes, that I do understand. Like, I felt like, you know, they probably felt the same way, like, when Balenciaga died and Chanel died and um, Christian Dior died and... Um, Givenchy. Givenchy just recently this Oscar de la Renta. Oscar de la Renta. But then you have this other era where you had like the Celerons and the Valentinos and Lagerfelds. You know, I guess right. each of them were different, but they all had the same kind of aesthetic, if, if it makes any sense. Like, there's no such a legacy after this one. Right. Like, I feel like as in McQueen, yes, we could probably put them that way, Versace. Like, all in the same bubble, kind of, mm-hmm. sort of. But I think, like, Lagerfeld really... And it took me years, actually, to really appreciate what he's done. Yeah, I remember you saying that to me. Yeah. So. We were actually... We were talking about that. I think it was a Chanel Couture show last year or something. We were mm-hmm. talking about that. And you said, I've never really come to appreciate um, Lagerfeld for... Like, for his talent until in the re- most recent years. Yeah. And it's interesting that, you know, this is this guy is truly in a, a league of his own people that were interviewed in regards to um, knowing him or being around him. Talked about he worked up until the day he died, basically giving his team direction. Um, they just had a Fendi show Thursday mm-hmm. um, in Milan. 
and it was it was eyes on them. Yeah. It was this amazing homage to to Lagerfeld too. They threw in some last minute um, things on the back wall where the models come out. They had a um, his signature, and then everybody got like sketches and notes in their run of show mm-hmm. um, that were all of Ka- or Carl Lagerfeld's writing. So it was very much um, they turned it around and made it very much an homage to a guy that has spent almost fifty years working for Fendi and. Right. Um, Almost close to it as Chanel, too, no? Yes. 50 just, some years? Yeah. So just <clears throat> amazing. And um, Carl Lagerfeld's studio director, um, I, this poor lady, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Virginie Viard. Is that her name? Okay. Um, we'll succeed him as the creative director now for Chanel. Which everyone's like, it's a given because she's been working with him. A little bit about her is that you know she's been working with him for thirty plus sure. years um, at Chanel, but she first started as an intern and worked only, her way up. I'm sorry. Worked her way up. No, no, she actually worked as an intern for the Hucouture section of Chanel. Mm, okay. The makers of art shows. Sure. So she was a, kind of like a coordinator. Um, she was strictly just for Couture. Um, and then um, she went on to do um, some costume designs. She wanted to be a costume designer. Hmm. And then so she ended she, up doing this now. <laughs> so she ended up leaving Chanel and ended up going to do the costume design. And then they happened to meet up at a show. And then he was like, come work for me at Chanel. But he ended up taking her to Chloe when he was um, designing Working for Chloe. For Chloe. And then ever since that, she became more involved at Chanel, where her title was as the coordinator. So pretty much her title was... Um, so if I get this right, she's basically his right-hand yes. lady. Yeah, so she pretty much... He, what he does is he gives her the sketches. She is the liaison for the ateliers mm-hmm. and the people who are doing the couture shows, sure. like the other houses that they... Um, I guess partner this woman yields a lot of power. Yeah, um, you know who do the embellishments, who do like the pleats, the, everything. Everyone that's, that's actually doing the labor of creating yeah. the garments. Okay. Yeah, so she pretty much is that liaison, and then she um, sends them um, the sketches. She sends them um, um, the fabric and whatever. Everything. Mm-hmm. So she brings it everything to life until he does the fittings. Okay. So this other um, Netflix show makes sense called Seven Days Out, which is seven mini um, episodes about, they profile like um, different events worldwide. They do like this posh, you know, restaurant in New York and they do um, Kentucky Derby, um, which if anybody has Netflix, you should really check this out because it's called Seven Days Out. So they follow people that they have, they follow them throughout the whole thing that they're putting together, but they're doing, like, a seven-day out. So, like, seven days from this event, like, they're following you, they're profiling you, how you go do this thing, and so on and so forth. Sure. So they do um, this restaurant in New York. They do this this pet competition, which I've seen some of it on, you know, like, on TV, but it's really competitive. Like, this dog show, people, is just, like... Hmm. Amazing. And then they do, they did the Chanel show, the one where um, 
they profile the Chanel show where the couture show where it's the garden and they do like um everyone knows that their show is at the Grand Palais right. in Paris. Right. So what they did was they did a mock version of the Gardens of Versailles. And then they do the, the whole point of seven days out is like there's a camera following the ateliers and there's a camera that's following the set productions and some people like that. So it tells you everything that's going on and there's always something that's going on that goes wrong. And it just profiles it, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. And everybody's got nothing but amazing, amazing things to say about him. Um Chanel's CEO, Alan Wertheimer, I hope I'm saying that correct, said, um, thanks to his creative genius, generosity, and exceptional intuition, Carl Lagerfeld was ahead of his time, which widely contributed to the House of Chanel's success throughout the world. Today, not only have I lost a friend, but we have all lost an extraordinary creative mind to whom I, give carte, I gave carte blanche in the early 1980s to reinvent the brand. So and and then uh, there's so many like people talking about him. Even the president of a fashion at Chanel, Bruno Pavlovsky, um, even made the statement: "Fashion show after fashion show, collection after collection, Karl Lagerfeld left his mark on the legend of Gabrielle Chanel and the history of the House of Chanel. He steadfastly promoted the talent and expertise of Chanel's Chanel's ateliers, and then I believe that's as Metillier d'art, allowing this exceptional know-how to shine throughout the world. The greatest tribute we can pay today is to continue to follow the path he traced by and to quote Carl, continuing to embrace the present and invent the future. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's, yes, he did all that into a brand that was already forward you know what i mean i guess a little bit ahead of its time and you know grabiel she just got the wheels going and he just really ran you know stepped in the gas on it well because she was i mean i use the word young loosely but she was young when she left her um her brand when she passed away like carl lagerfeld really has been with chanel Maybe even longer than Chanel was with Chanel, right. in my opinion. So he really has seen it grow from a fledgling brand all the way up to this global uh, presence that you see all over the world now. So it's it's just it's really sad. And they're saying that there's a lot of more international stores of Chanel. Than I believe that any other luxury mm-hmm. brand. Well, yeah, because their first. Uh, that would make sense. Their very first shop was in France. Mm-hmm. So you figure it starts in Europe. That's where it's going to be bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing here. Think about all the big brands that are based out of the United States. You're, I know you don't like this person, but Michael Kors, for example. Michael Kors is an American-born designer. Yes. You're not going to find a thousand more stores in the in the UK, let's say. Right than you're going to see in the U.S. So I think it's just that comes with part of the territory. But but yeah, and then just the only really, really kind of speculative thing that people saw and maybe wasn't owed to this actually happening and maybe no one even noticed. But I read an article about this and 
at Chanel's Couture show last month, he was not there. Mm -hmm. And usually at the end of a show, your designer comes out and um, takes a final bow, or I've even seen that some walk the entire runway. Uh, It just kind of depends. But he wasn't present, and somebody asked about that. And Chanel just later had a press statement saying that he wasn't feeling well, he was tired, and he couldn't be there. And they kind of just dropped it at that point. Mm -hmm. So it makes me wonder if this was a thing that was in the works already and that his studio director already knew that this was coming, that it was already something that was planned. Um, Again, this is speculative. I have no truth. I don't know anybody's auntie over in Paris that can call me and tell me. A fly in the wall. Right. Yes. (laughs) Um, But if I had to guess, because it seems a little weird, like when designers died in the past, they always usually interview somebody. Mm -hmm. Like think about all the most recent ones that have passed away. There's always somebody that has to get interviewed or there's like one or two that they pick from. And this, it was just kind of thing like she slid right in there. Mm-hmm. So there had to have been some sort of. Yes, she slid right in there. But I think the past few shows, like she's she's known to come out with him. Oh, okay. Virginie. She's mm-hmm. known to come out with him in some, not all the shows, but in some of the shows, she's known to come out with him. And Hudson Kareen, which is his godson, the little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're both known to kind of sort of come out okay. with him. Not all the time, but yes. Well, then I guess um, my speculation is all crap. No, then. but I think there's I think there's some room to speculate because, like you said. It's just too, it just like, too perfect. Quick. Yes. So uh, he yes. probably, the doctors were probably like, you have like two weeks, you know, yeah, blah, blah, I, blah. I have no idea, but something had to in my I'm opinion, sure something has to happen. I'm sure he would have, um, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't have left up high and dry, which goes back to the point where, like, we all knew, well, we all didn't know, but, you know, everyone kind of speculated that Virginia would take over. Sure. That it would make sense to have somebody from the family. Sure. Then bring somebody new. Well, they know the, the they know the ins, inner and workings of, of a brand, so to bring somebody else new in and try and teach them it makes be, more sense, makes more right? Sense, yeah. So then now everyone was sort of kind of looking at like Fendi, like what would they do next? And everyone's saying that Phoebe Philo. Phoebe, no, <laughs> she's too British for Italy. <laughs> that girl, poor girl, has not gotten a job somewhere. I'm sure she's fine financially. It's just funny to me because, like, as soon as I you texted me saying Carl Lagerfeld died, I was like, oh, my God, this is the thing we've been waiting for all this time. <laughs> Phoebe Philo's finally going to Chanel. <laughs> and then I saw that the studio director was taking over. I'm like, when are they going to put Phoebe Philo somewhere that I actually speculate correctly? Right. <laughs> she should just start her own line. Honestly, she probably would do pretty well. Exactly. So everyone's looking at Fendi, and everyone's saying that Sylvia, which is the youngest one, mm-hmm. who already designed the material, with him, yeah. Um, so apparently, a little bit about that, um, she's the youngest of the Fendi sisters, so she pretty much known him like all her, her life. life. Yeah. So they were saying that she probably, you know, she obviously working with him along all these years. She picked mm-hmm. up a few tricks here and there or whatever so everyone's speculating like the fashion critics and some of the editors were just like she just needs to take over because i mean it makes sense her last name is fendi right so it's just like her interpretation of what it is now i think it's 
it's time. I right. think they were saying for the family to kind of take over. So I will well, see so what happens. I don't know if you know the back history on this, but is there a reason that she wasn't the head designer to begin with and that Carl Lagerfeld was there? Um, supposedly, or like another sister, for example? Supposedly it was just a contract. They were supposed to do... He was just supposed to do um, like a collaboration with them. Oh, okay. Because this was back in the 70s. Sure. Where um, he was a freelance and he was just consulting them. Okay. And, stuff and then he, there, and he then stayed he on indefinitely. Stayed on and designed I was just them. curious. No, I didn't no. know the story behind it. That's why yeah. I was wondering. Well, like at one point he was doing Chanel, Fendi, Chloe. I know. He was and a his mess. own line. Yeah. And then on top of that, everything else. So it was pretty like, and it goes back to that one question that we had like last year. where like, you know, with Brad Simmons claiming to be burnt out and whatever, whatever. Right. You know, and they, but he kept on going. Well, like, and it makes me wonder too, like, how do you, how do you get to 85 and be and you're doing all of this. Right. Like, I'm 27, and I, like, want to heal over some days with all the crap that I'm doing. Right. And it just, like an, 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 you know. An eight-hour workday for me is just like, <laughs> I need a drink. We sound so terrible. Right. <laughs> we sound like the worst people ever. And we don't have any kids. Imagine we had kids. Oh, my God, no. You no. Know. Uh, There's but, a reason that I watch people's kids or I hang out with people's kids and then right. I go home to my own home. Like here, go back to your mother. Yeah, goodbye. Um, yeah, but it's just like, I think for him, I think because he's such a curious person, mm-hmm. always like, and they always say the same thing, like he was always curious about what's going on. He he always read books. He always traveled, this mm-hmm. and that. I think that, I think it has to do how he was, not raised because I think no, but it's mother, a work ethic that yeah, someone it's a has, work ethic. I'm, right? I think when I think for him being in the same level as like Valentino and Celeron and sure and all these other great designers from their times, I think they all had to stand out on their own, you know, not to be compared, right? right. So I just, well, and I'm very interested to see now who goes to Karl Lagerfeld's um, namesake brand oh that is true nobody's talking about that so yeah no one has that's never come up in conversation and i was well it was like putting together notes and there's i couldn't find anything if it's come up in the next couple of days and that's a different story but um all these other things like slid in so perfectly so mm-hmm. it makes me wonder if they've got something going on there too already that no one probably just like a design team yeah i'm not sure or if it's going to be one of those things that she or what's her name for Virginie Virginia. is going to take over for the Lagerfeld brand as well too. I don't know. I don't know. We shall see. So it'll be interesting, but very sad. And our thoughts and, and condolences go to the entire Chanel staff and family and, and especially to Baptiste and his kitty cat. Choupe. Choupe. Cat was beautiful. I wonder if Baptiste going to keep the cat. Why are you concerned about the cat, of all things? I'm not worried about the cat. I'm worried about Batiste. <laughs> you are petty. <laughs> I'm just saying, I ain't no Lagerfeld. Oh, man. Okay, goodbye. You're done. So, you want to go shop at Payless? No, you can't anymore. <laughs> I know. It's so sad. I told my mom that we should go there for, like, one last, like, hurrah before right. they close. What would she say? 
And she looked at me. She's like, why? Why not? She's like looking at me because I'm the one that has all the expensive shoes in my closet. And she's like the one that would actually go to Payless and buy right. shoes. And she's like, with all the shoes that you have, she's like expensive ones at that too. She's like, you want to go to Payless? I'm like, well, I'm like, like a trip down memory lane. I'm like, humor me a little bit. Right. <laughs> she didn't think it was very funny. She like whacked you. So this is just kind of like a little update. We talked about Payless and their like little publicity stunt and whatnot. It's amazing. Yes, with Paylessy. Um, so uh, Payless is officially filed for chapter Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. They have a four hundred and seventy million debt that they just they can't repay. And um, they're talking about ceasing all operation on 2,500 stores in North America um, beginning in March and officially all shuttered in May. Um, Online sales are completely ceased. That is done already. And um, their operations will continue um, through May. And the great thing is if you find yourself in Latin America or anywhere international, 800 locations that are franchised locations of Payless will still be operating. So um, it's very interesting to me because I I get it, 800 or so locations that are franchised. But obviously it's un- under the, the Payless label. So how are they going to continue to get this product in stock to, to merchandise their stores was my question. And I couldn't find that article or couldn't find that answer anywhere. Um, kind of. I don't know. It's Maybe interesting. Individual vendors. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know how they're going to do that. That's but a lot of these shoes come from like Brazil, Latin America, anyway. So okay, yeah. You know, except for like the Italian ones, like the leather ones. But I mean, there's also leather down there, right? Um, but I think the majority of these shoes are from like Latin America. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe that's why all the other ones are staying open because they have a direct contact with the mm-hmm. the plants that manufacture them. We'll I'm not them. sure, but. It's it's interesting, and I read an article on Vox, Vox.com, that said, quote, the shuttering of mall department stores across the country also hurt Payless. Bigger retailers serve as anchor stores that drive people to malls and other shopping centers, and closing those hurts foot traffic for smaller stores with much more specific offerings like Payless. Exactly. And it's true. Like, you continue to see these huge, like, commerce centers like shopping mall commerce centers um that are are shuttering like i have one near where i work that the only thing that is literally keeping it open are are von mar and a movie theater Mm. almost every other store in that mall is closed yeah like the nios one i remember the golf mill yeah was I mean that was used to be a huge it's a suburb from chicago um golf mill like back in the what nineties maybe mm-hmm. even a little early two thousand it was a really popular mall right and all of a sudden just within five to ten years it became like a ghost town um, you have J C Penney that's still running um, the Sears close they have a Target right but you know like the article says like when you have Target that also sells shoes. And it's a right. one-stop shop. Like, why would you go into the mall? Well, and it's tough. And, like, we'll talk about it later on. But there's all these, like, rental companies, too, mm-hmm. that unfortunately – and I don't know how much I buy into this, but apparently younger generations now are going towards that rental um, aspect. And I wonder if things like that are, are hurting 
people like Payless because there's that, um, what's the word for it, uh, that fast fashion, if you will, that unfortunately people, it, it's a trend now and tomorrow it may not be one. So they're not going to want to, to spend that kind of cash on something that may not be around in six months from now. So it's tough. Um, you seem to see, like you're starting to see all of these companies start to tank that were once at their their uh, peak. They had hit a stride that they were were doing very very well, and it's sad. Like, well, I guess it happens. You know, like back in the eighties, right. you had Zyre or some store like that. Venture, you remember Venture? Yes. Or Montgomery Ward. Montgomery Ward. I was gonna say Woolworth for some reason. Uh huh. You know and. It, I guess it happens. Yep. Something new comes along that's finally cheaper, you know, right. and we're Americans and we want something cheaper. Wow. Well, the next pretty thing. Right. Right. Side note I have a microwave from Montgomery Ward still. Really? That's still in operation in my kitchen. Amazing. I remember it like a little bit. So it would, so for anybody who's not familiar, um, Montgomery Ward and Venture were like retailers, kind of like a um, like a Sears or a J.C. Penney, if you will, um, that they sold like appliances and clothes and various things. And um, I remember like, and I've been in the store, so it's not mm-hmm. that long that they've been closed. I'd say probably about twenty years yeah. that they've been closed, but. Yeah. Um, very much like a Sears or a JCPenney, like I said, it's that kind of a breed. And those closed even back then. So I don't know if that was just a, a foreshadowing of what was to come for the rest of them. But um, like I said, I still have that thing sitting in my kitchen and it still works to this day. And so, may, I mean, maybe what the speculation that people have is true, that younger generations are looking for that rental for the fast fix and I don't know. I, I like to think that I'm not part of that group. <laughs> well, we are. I know. Way, I know. But, are. like, I look at some of my – I have employees that are, like, 17 and 18 years old, and I look at them, and I'm like, I'm only 10 years older than you. But I look at things – like, they grew up with a technology in their hand. I didn't. Like, mm-hmm. I was still at that tail end that mom would tell you to go play outside in the backyard kind of thing or mm-hmm. go play on the swing set and – like that was that's what we did, or you know, you did uh, chalk on the sidewalk, or you rode your bike, like things that, like a typical childhood. Whereas these kids now, they're they grew up with the technology, and it's a little different, and things were granted to them. So we're going off on a tangent now, but I yes, to tie it all back together, I think that that's the problem: is everybody wants that fast fashion, that quick fix now. Mm-hmm. Um, that instant gratification, if you will, and it, it it's at the expense of these retailers now. But then again, you have you know people like companies like eBay and sure. Amazon that mm-hmm. deliver to you instantly. You know? Well, Amazon's just killing everybody, right? And it's just again, like, how do you compete? Like, why would I go to a store if I could get this delivered right. to me? I will say though, like, I was looking for something recently. Um, I have a friend that's getting married and I was looking for something specific that she wanted on her registry just to see what like the price just to inform myself because I didn't really know what the price bracket on this item was 
And I'm looking, and actually, Amazon came up cheaper on certain things and came up expensive on other things. Um, so it kind of just depends. Like, they're not always the best price, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I think people tend to think, and it's like you said, it's that service. Um, but they're not always the best price. And that's the problem is people don't educate themselves on it. So, but yes. So it'll, I mean, it's sad to see him go, Definitely. you know, 407, 470 million worth of debt is just. I remember going to buying, for some reason, I like their gym shoes. I think I had a pair of gym shoes for gym class from them. Like I would, my parents would buy me like the Adidas, the Nike ones. Sure. But, excuse me, but for some reason, the Airwalks for me were just like super comfortable. Hmm. And I never told them that, but I would like save my money from allowance and just like go buy them for myself. They were like, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, I like these shoes, they're comfortable. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people were like, why would you have your feet hurt? You know, because some of Beauty them were not comfortable. And then just go buy, you know, $50 more or $20 more at a store where your feet are not going to hurt, you're going to be more and more comfortable. Right. But I'm like, it doesn't, I'm like, I might feel comfortable with Airwalks. Yeah, but you know what? You're a man and you see it from the comfort standpoint. Men always see it from that standpoint. Whereas, and there are some men and then women in particular look at, does the, is it aesthetically pleasing to the eye? Mm. And then if it hurts, well, you know, you kind of live with it. Because they're wearing, like, for example, women wear heels all the time that they can't walk in. I went to a gala a couple weekends ago, and I'm standing there, and I'm watching. Like, I like to people watch at events like that. Like, I'll just stand in a corner and just watch people. No, I like to watch what people do. And especially at events like that, that there's, like, a lot of money going around and a lot of, like, status in the room kind of thing. And... Literally, I watched this girl. I was sitting right by the entrance before I went upstairs. And I was watching this girl. She walked in with her family, walked in barefoot, mind you, into the building, put on these, like, I don't even know what these shoes were. They look like a hooker's heel of some sort. Couldn't walk in them. She, like, looked like ba- like Bambi walking. Like she just gave birth, Bambi. Yes. Yes. Bambi just was born. And got on the elevator, and then as soon, as soon as she got off the elevator and they walked in, Cadillac usually gives away, like, slippers and whatnot at this event. And she, like, went and got her slippers and put them on. Like, she just put these shoes on for the entrance. So it just, case in point, I think it just depends on the... And the hooker who's wearing it here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's all you got from my little spiel? No. You are the worst. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're moving on because I'm done with you. Okay. So we're going to move on to Burberry. Um, Burberry apologizes for fashion faux pas. Really. So Burberry's currently under fire for having a model shown at London Fashion Week walking down wearing a hoodie with the strings fashioned into the shape of a snood around her neck. Since the show in Burberry has received a lot of backlash for showing this controversial collection. 
So we have CEO Marco Gabetti. Gabetti? Is that Italian? It's very Italian. Gabetti? Does that sound better? Gabetti. Okay, Mario Brothers, sit down. <laughs> if you could only see the face he just gave me. Hansen said the company would remove the design from their collection. He further said, We are deeply sorry for the distress caused by one of the products and featured in our in the autumn winter 2019 runway collection. Though the design was inspired by the marine theme that ran throughout the collection, it was insensitive and we made a mistake. Um, I'm going to hold on. Let me see what Ricardo has to say. Ricardo Tisci, is that Italian enough? Okay, here. This is, <laughs> this is going to fall off. The bus, is, the wheels on the bus are going to fall off very quickly, aren't they? issued an apology as well as stating, I am so deeply sorry for the stress that has been caused as a result of one of the pieces in my show on Sunday. According, He said, according to CNN, it was never my intention to upset anyone. It does not reflect my values, nor Burberry's, and we have removed it from the collection. I will make sure that this does not happen again. So, apparently, it was a model that made the fuss first, right? Well, yeah. So, I don't think a lot of people realize this, and I didn't realize it until I, like, actually started reading into it. Mm. So there was this model named Liz Kennedy who was at the show or who was walking in the show. She wasn't the one that's wearing this garment, Mm -hmm. but she was at like all the model fittings, obviously, as a model. And she um, and she happened to see this. And she said she's like stepping forward, saying that she had seen the design prior to the show at the fittings and had questioned it. And was told that she was dismissed and that it was fashion. And so she's continued to say that it it's basically not appropriate considering the show was dedicated to the youth of today. And she goes on to say, quote, Ricardo Tishi and everyone at Burberry, is, it is beyond me how you could let a look resembling a noose hanging from a neck out on the runway. How could anyone overlook this and think it would be okay to do this, especially in a line dedicated to young girls and youth? The impressionable youth, Kennedy went on to say, rising suicide rates worldwide and the horrifying history of lynching, adding that to all of the ways to tie a rope, the designers specifically chose a noose while completely ignoring the fact that it was hanging around a neck. End quote. But a noose is a typical tie in a nautical theme or in scenes. Right, but, and I don't have it on the notes here. I read somewhere, and I don't know what the truth of this is, at some of the fittings that she was at for the show, I guess they were very much aware of what this rope represented because it, she, she says, and whether there's truth or validity to this, they were seen like several people hanging this rope from the ceiling and making a joke of it kind of thing. And um, I guess what really... Um, like actual there what, physically or like on a mood board? No, 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 from the ceiling kind of thing. Like it was a like joking around manner. And I think that's what prompted this whole conversation in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went on to read that she has had like, um, I don't know if it was a family member or a friend, but someone 
committed suicide in her family. So it really affected her in, in a much deeper level mm-hmm. um, than it would of like you or I that don't know anybody right. that, that that's happened to. So, um, and it's interesting because then he had like Ricardo Tishi had originally posted on Instagram a photo of the sweatshirt dedicating it, dedicating the show to the youth like she's claiming. Mm-hmm. Um, but the post has been since deleted. So I, I don't buy this whole thing of it wasn't our intention to to offend anybody. You know what you were putting out there. And it is very much a noose. So, yeah, were you, were you trying to bring bring to to the forefront the topic of suicide? And I think there was probably like an element of suicide, but he just didn't know how to bring it up. So you bring in a noose? Why not? Yeah, I don't know. Um, no, no, I mean like the point across was maybe the topic of suicide, but he just. You know, like every show, somebody always wants to translate a message. Sure. But I think the message just probably got lost in translation. Yes. And, well, and that's the biggest thing for me is that as a global brand like that, mm-hmm. I understand that you have a story to tell and you you are in the public eye, so you do have that ability to be very vocal and bring to to the table topics that are maybe very difficult to talk about or are underrepresented. But at the same time, you do have such a responsibility to do it in a very professional manner as well. And suicide is something that has touched somebody like some way or another, maybe through an acquaintance or someone that they know or and things like that are very, very touchy. And in my opinion, there's certain things that you just you don't you don't touch like that. And. I don't know. It's not good. Okay. But it's been like um, a week of controversy because then, you know, Gucci with that black sweater. Right. Well, um, you think they would have learned from Gucci. Right. Um, I, f- I don't know. I, th- I saw the sweater. I didn't. I didn't get it. But I didn't get it either. First, I didn't get it. And then second of all, it's like, oh, yes, it is a news. Um, or do you think that we just live in a society that's way too sensitive? Now, I mean, not to say that, like, blackface and um, suicide are, like, topics that you should joke about or should take lightly because they aren't, right. but... I think for this specific matter, for this uh, Burberry one, I think um, when it comes to anything that's violence, it mm-hmm. should be something to... I mean, it's the right to be sensitive about it, but not only when it's affecting a certain culture. Right. It should be offensive when it affects everyone. Um, for instance, um, this whole Jesse Smollett, what is it, Smollett thing? Jesse Smollett. Smollett from Empire. If mm-hmm. anybody doesn't know, you know, he faked his own. It's on, because we live in Chicago. We live in Chicago, it's, so it's here 24-7. Yes, it's on our television all times on the um, local TV. Yeah, so he got it, supposedly, he, first, he said he was attacked, so it became a hate crime because he is 
a black African American and gay. Um, on top of that, um, not on top of that, but you know, he's all that. Um, I think that sounds wrong as I said. Well, not but, for anything, but the police should have been tipped off at the fact that he said that these attackers said that this is "Make America Great Again" right. territory. Um, for anybody yeah, who does not know, Illinois—no, just Illinois in general—is yeah, a very democratic state. Exactly. It very few times has it ever voted red. Um, the majority of the time, it is democratic. And like, yes, this there is are a state where, like, if you're Republican, like, why are you in Illinois? <laughs> right. It's very much a democratic state. And yes, there are Republicans yes. and extremists of the GOP party. Right. Don't get me wrong. Um. But they're very far and few between. Yeah. Um, so that should have been the thing that tipped them off. Right. But anyway, complete side note. Right. But I think the other tip was that one of his neighbors saw them all three together in the elevator a few yeah. weeks before. That's the whole thing. But anyway, anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, my point was is that, like, a lot of people were saying, yes, you know, Oh, like a lot of people were giving it backlash now that he came out saying that it was faked. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like, oh, you know, it's just like um, all these like Trump supporters were like, now, like, see, it's fake. It's they're making, liar. they're making, making us up. look bad. Yeah, making us, us look bad, so on and so forth. But it's just like, okay, but where were you when this happened to like X person and Y person and. You know, whatever, whatever. Right. It's just like we just can't pick and choose right. when to take. Well, and you know, I think the problem too is there's such like um, a gray area on a lot of that stuff too, right. unfortunately. And this may, in this situation with Burberry, that might have been the the problem. Maybe that was just a gray area, and they thought that it wasn't super offensive. So my question is, it happened to Dolce. And Gabbana. Well, that guy's a mess. He's still right. a mess anyway. He's still a mess. And then now it happened to Gucci. And then now it's happening to Burberry. Sure. Which all three are Italian. I mean, designers. I was going to say. <laughs> Italians are racist people. Are you going to just, you're going to throw kidding. that card yeah, down? Yeah, you're Italian. <laughs> Gustavo's throwing down the gauntlet this morning. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so do you feel like designers or do they feel like since they're a luxury brand they and maybe they do have a responsibility to society or whatever but do they think like they could just get a slap on the wrist and they're just I okay so I have mixed feelings about this because how do I pose this okay so ethnically like Okay, so if you if I were to take you home to Italy, for example, to the southernmost Italian towns in Sicily where they are as conservative as conservative can be and you um like they even frown upon you living with someone prior to getting married, like mm-hmm. very traditional. Um like they believe in that whole courting system mm-hmm. that you court for all this time and then you get a ring from your boyfriend promising that you're going to be married. And then um, the families meet. Like, it's very, very traditional in that regard. And so I equate it to being rewound to, like, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, when it was very much a 
a divide in our country mm-hmm. and people were okay with that. And so t- I think to them, like as a European or as Europeans, for example, I think that might be where they're coming from. Like they've got these conservative values and views and that's how they see the world and that's how they believe that the rest of the world is. Mm-hmm. And for them, it's okay. Okay. So I, I'd be very interested to like, we have obviously a very different viewpoint because we live in North America and grew up in a different time period. Um, we're completely, completely different viewpoint, but I'd be interested to interview somebody from over there and give them this article and see what they had to say about it and, right. s- and see if they had the same reaction. Right. Because if I had to guess, it's probably not the same one. Right. Yeah, Especially that's with the Gucci sweater. This maybe would be borderline. But the Gucci sweater, I guarantee you, they would have a different response. So this is the reason why the Europeans, like, sort of laugh at us. Because we're too into ourselves or we're too into our... We're just so uptight about everything. So uptight about everything. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. And it's interesting because we're very... Um, uh, what's the word for it? Accepting of other things where they're not. Right. So it's 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 interesting. And I see it just like I have... Um, but I feel like... I'm sorry to cut you off. But I feel like they're probably as open-minded as we are, but just a different approach to it. Um, like humor is humor. You yes, know what I mean? Yes and no. Like, I'll give you like an example. humor is ha, 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 and then there's humor ice cream. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Do you people see what I have to work with here? <laughs> anyway, um, yes and no to answer your question because, mm-hmm. like, I have a cousin that comes to see me every other summer from Italy. And she's 19, or excuse me, 20. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you. So she's much more of a younger youth than, like, my parents' generation. And, like, I've taken her to downtown Chicago. Like, she's wanted to see the Chicago River, like, all the major, like, touristy spots here in Chicago. And you run into people every so often that are very much different. Like, I've run into trans. I've run into gay couples walking on the street. And it is, like, the most shocking revelation for her. For us, it's normal. Right. Like, we don't even bat an eyelash. Like, it's it's not a thing for us. Like, it's not a thing for us to stop and gawk at. Right. Whereas for her, like, the first time that she was ever here, like, it was a huge, huge thing. Like, people actually do that here. Like, they walk around. And I'm like, yeah, like, it's not the big, like, a big deal. Like, I should have taken her to the Pride Parade if that's the case. (laughs) Because the Pride Parade's huge here in Chicago. Um, So, like, that's just one of many examples. But, but yes, it's, I'd be very interested. Actually, you know what? Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll send my cousin an article, that article, and see what she has to say about yes. it. And, see and if what she her comes this summer, we'll, in, we'll bring her to a podcast. She doesn't speak English. We'll do it in Italian. When are you going to learn Italian? I'll learn Italian. Oh Lord. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Um, so, what did we come up with? Italians are humorists. Is that what you really took away from this whole conversation? No, I'm just trying to insert a joke to just or something. Yeah, you're gonna have to or put like a, a little drum. I put I'll put the effects in later. <laughs> <laughs> so American Eagle is still alive and kicking. 
They are. So American Eagle launches subscription service. Why? It's actually very interesting. Okay. So American Eagle has taken up a new method to adjust to the way that new consumers shop. It is a rental service named American Eagle Style Drop. Ooh, catchy. <laughs> the subscription service is targeted toward millennial and or Gen Z demographic, which ranges from the age 15 to 25, which is the appropriate aesthetic, I believe. I have somebody. Yeah, I for, know somebody that's like in their forties and wears American Eagle. I'm like, no, you need to stop. <laughs> return those Who jeans. Is that? Somebody you work with? Yes. Oh, you dear. need to return those jeans. Go at Levi's. Find something that I will your say. Age appropriate. They are much more um, mainstream than all those other like kitschy brands are, um, and they they do a much better job of being mainstream and right. very. I don't want to use the word basic because they're not basic. They've got actually really great pieces. but What's basic is ARPA style. Yes. Like, they're not like that, if right. you will. All right. I'm like, you're old enough where you can afford, if you want the polos, go to Ralph Lauren. Or Lacoste. Or Lacoste, yes. Actually, Lacoste runs great Christmas sales, so you just stock up then. Right. I'm like, no, you need to stop. <laughs> For forty nine ninety five, members can rent up to three items at a time and have an unlimited number of exchanges. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Shipping and dry cleaning is free and covered. Ooh. If a consumer likes a piece, they, then they have the choice to purchase it and are charged full price for it. If a consumer decides they like to purchase it, they fa- they have a fairly affordable pricing structure. For example, jeans range from thirty nine to fifty nine, dresses approximately forty five, and tops twenty to forty. That's pretty reasonable. It is. I mean, it's it's not much less expensive than like what they carry in the store. Right. I think the jeans are probably jeans in their outerwear, but outerwear is always more expensive, no matter That's where you anywhere, go. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this refurbished change the face of fast fashion because it gives a younger generation concerned about conversation, the ability conservation. to conservation. Conservation, sorry. The availability to be fashionable but also preserve the environment because they can simply return the item when they are finished with it. Retailers such as H&M, Zara, and Forever 21 will need to be proactive to figure out a way to surpass this because this could be the beginning of the end for fast fashion companies such as themselves, which is a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. They're really giving them like a run for their money. Right. Like just little small. Well, it's interesting to me because like you said, like, are they even still alive? Yeah. And this company that everybody thought had like gone away is now has like seen a new surge and has hit a new peak. Um, and is going to give those companies that literally we're going to put them out of business a run for their money yeah. now too. So it's very interesting. And um, online rental companies such as Rent the Runway does the same thing, but they're like on a much higher scale. Yeah. So they just took this whole Rent the Runway concept and they brought it down to a much more affordable price for that 15 to 25 age demographic that could afford those prices. Definitely. So it's like it's very interesting to me. Um so it, this company seems to be fairly focused on the younger demographic. There seems to be concerned about the earth and the conservation. Do we believe this is the actual opinion for our youth or rather that it is company wants to believe us to buy into it? Yeah, that was my... Conservation is really, it's always a topic. And I think with everything that the fashion industry puts a lot of these plants to, sure. to I think this is a really good way of worrying, of... Um, 
bring awareness to to the forefront. Besides, right, right. I get that, but you also see that as you're an adult, mm-hmm. and not to say that fifteen, well, not to say that twenty five is not an adult because they are, but um. But I think it falls back on that conversation we were having earlier, too, that this demographic now has been raised in a different way than, like, myself or even you have been raised. And ethnicity plays into it, too, so there's all these variables. But um, do we think that that's an actual opinion of our youth, that our youth was saying we want to be able to conserve the earth and preserve it for much longer? Or is this something that the company has spun around and is telling us that to get us to buy into this, to to make money off of the subscription service? I think it's a bit of both. You think so? I think you do have these young millennials and Generation Z who actually do care about, what, sure. about the Earth Constitution sure. mm-hmm. and will buy into it. And then you also have... Um, there's other ones that have the money that can be like, well, because it's up here and I'm helping out, quote unquote, kind of right. way. So I think it's either way, it's a win win. It's interesting to me because I wonder if they interpreted it to like, so I do all these presentations in high schools. They bring us in with, with my full time job that I do. And we talk to students about the importance of dressing for, for whatever the, the part is that they're going to be, be um, attending in life. And you, like, walk through these high school hallways, and like I said, I'm not much older than these kids. I'm about 10 years older than them. However, I have seen that the way that kids dress has changed exponentially over the course of 10 years. And, I, like, you walk around and you see some of these kids, like, they look homeless, some of them. And I know that they're not homeless, Because these are, like, the area I work in is a very, very wealthy area. These are kids of doctors and lawyers and people that make impressive amounts of of money. Um, And you look at them, and and we we struck up that conversation with one of them recently. We're like, oh, you know, where'd you get your outfit from? And these kids are shopping at Goodwill. So... Is there the possibility, obviously, that they're low income? Absolutely. But there's no way that the entire student body is. Right. And, like, 85% of them are dressed like that. So I wonder if, like, companies like this interpreted that. They saw that and they interpreted it and said, okay, if these kids are shopping at, like, a Salvation Army or a Goodwill, maybe they're concerned about the conservation. Maybe they're concerned about the pricing. And they've lowered that price. And and who knows? This might actually be their pricing in store, too. I can't even tell you the last time I've been in an American Eagle. Yeah, Maybe I should yeah, walk yeah. into one and see what the price right. pricing is now. Um, I don't know. That's my two cents. But, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it all intertwines, though. Like, if they're shopping at Goodwill, they're shopping, you know, unique, whatever the case may be. Sure. They're... They're, you know, they've tapped, whoever noticed this from American Eagle is actually tapping to the actual core right. of these people who are spending the money. It's a very at good point. The, at the end of the day, you, they're still spending money, whether it's recycled, closed, right. or not. Do you almost feel like you see the 80s coming back? 
Like the late 80s? Yes. It's like Circa Full House, DJ Tanner-esque yes. outfits coming back? I see that all the time Somebody now. Somebody was talking about windbreakers. I was like, <laughs> what? Yes, they're back. The last time I wore a windbreaker, I was like 14. Which was like 85 years ago. Exactly. I'm like, no way, Jose. Who's Jose? My cousin. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I would wear a windbreaker, like a jacket or something. I think those are always handy. Yeah, it's it's amazing to me, like how they truly do say like, fashion is recycled and what's old is new again. And we've heard that. Maybe it's just me that sees it, because like, or maybe I'm going through that stage in life where I see like this revelation of this like recycle. You're finally getting older. Yes, that like everything is new was new to me up until this point. Now I'm starting to see this, and I'm like, we had that. What the hell? Like I had that like 15 years ago. Right. It just happened. You know, like with music. Like my niece discovered. um, She always heard this song. She never knew what it was. Like for instance, Bohemian Rhapsody. Like everyone's heard it. You know. Um, a lot of people from Queen, a lot of people from like Wayne's World, the younger ones. Sure. And there's other ones that do have parents and listen to Queen. But right. she only heard it because of Suicide Squad. Right. And it just came out like a year or two ago. So I happened to buy the movie and I was watching it. And she's like, oh my God, is it a movie from Suicide Squad? I'm like, it's not the movie from Suicide Squad. I mean, I guess it is, but it is. But it originated, it originated from, from elsewhere. From elsewhere. This is the band. So, I mean, we were watching it because I like to watch Academy Award films. And And Oscars are tomorrow, so, So, you know, Gustavo's got to fill in all those movies he hasn't seen in yet. I've watched almost all of them, so I'm okay. You know what? I envy people like you that actually watch all of those movies. Right. I'm lucky if I even watch one of them. What about last year's? It doesn't like I always say like I make this list when I watch the Oscars of like all these interesting movies that I want to see and then I just never watch them. It's weird like I don't even and maybe this is a sin but like I don't even really go to the movie theater that often anymore. I went anymore. to the movie theater yesterday after it's been a long time. I can't even I tell you the last, last time. time I was there it was in the summer. No like it's probably been a couple years for me. I think the last time I was there in the summer. I try to go because my niece always wants to go somewhere. So I was so you just her. take her to the movies yeah. and leave her there? Yeah, I've done it before. You disappear? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, then. To the bathroom. <laughs> Wait, with the popcorn guy. Can I get a refill? Oh, dear Lord. I know it's the small one, not the large. Because you know they're to refill your bigger bucket. Right. And I'm like, I know I have a small bag, but can you refill it for me? And then you just wink at him? Of course. It, it works all the oh, time. Dear Lord. But anyway, um, yeah, so you're introducing all these things. We're finally old. I think that's what it is. I truly believe that that's what it is now. <laughs> so, so speaking of the Oscars, before we go. Yes. Um, what are your predictions? Who do you, Who's going to wear what? Who do you think is going to show up or... Um, Lady Gaga is going to show up on... She's going to wear a cow dress. A cow dress? Because you know she wore a me dress to the MTV Movie Awards. Oh. Um, No, I have the prediction that Lady Gaga is going to show up with Bradley Cooper to the Oscars. Because she just broke up her engagement. Okay. Oh, no, we're going to get off a tangent. No, 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 no. I'm going to say my piece about this. 
This is the only thing I'm going to say, maybe like a paragraph, three or four sentences. Oh, dear Lord. I Literally, I could get up, walk out of the studio, <coughs> go have like a bathroom break and come back, and this guy would be talking by himself now. I've done it by myself before, too, so. You're full of crap. I have never left this studio with you alone. When you're silent, where do you go? Oh, my God. Stop that. <laughs> anyway. The thing I got to say is that Bradley Cooper is an idiot if he leaves Irina Sheik. Doesn't he have a kid with her? Exactly. Okay. That's what I thought. I'm going to quote Amy Schumer. Oh, dear. It's like a leopard. She said, it's a leopard, and if a leopard, she said, if a leopard and a panther made it together, and they created Irina Sheik. <laughs> okay. And then she goes and say, like, you know, she talks like she's always, always orgasming. <laughs> I love Amy Schumer, by the way. Anyway, but no, he is an idiot if he leaves. I'm not saying that looks matter, but... No, right. It's Irina Sheik. A lot of guys... Would kill for that. Would kill for that. I get that. I just... Not saying that Lady Gaga is not worth killing for, but... Well, this show has gone in a completely different direction. No, I know. I, I get where you're coming from. I just think that's a like that's the entire speculation from people. I don't think that that's the direction it's going in. Right. I'm just feeding but into it. But it might it might happen. It might not. Yeah, but if it does, how long do you think it lasts? Till Monday morning. Oh dear lord. <laughs> About as long as the Tristan Thompson and Jordan Woods story mm-hmm. with the Kardashians. Yes. Oh, my God. Side note. Okay. This is my only, like, last tangent, and then we will close this thing out. Did you hear that there's, like, this rumor that all of Bachelor Nation wants Khloe Kardashian as their next Bachelorette? And I literally almost fell off my chair when I read it yesterday. Out of joy? Or? Like, because they feel so bad for her. And I'm like, please don't. Please do not ruin that franchise with another Kardashian. Kardashians are never going to be serious about anything. Do not put a Kardashian on my screen for The Bachelorette. I would like to no. see it if their mom, if none of their family members are involved. Of course they're always involved. But I want them not to be involved. Like, in I don't the think contract, it works that way. I want them to be like, your mother cannot come with you. <laughs> like, none of your siblings. I don't think it works that way. Why not? I think they're a package. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, all joking aside, I'm pretty sure Chris Jenner is their manager. Right, it is. So you can't you can't tell her your manager can't show up. Is what I'm saying. We'll pay her like five million dollars. To stay away. To stay away. I'm sure she'll take it. Oh man. Anyhow. Or at least bring Kendall. She seems like the least the normal one the of normal the group. One, yeah. Um Anyhow. But anyway, we're talking about the Oscars. What are your, who do you think, who's going to wear what? Oh, I have no predictions on that because usually I'm wrong anyway. So I'm just going to scroll through and laugh at the ones that I look like Lady idiots. I want to show up in like, since all these rumors about her. Are, show up in a wedding dress? No, yes, that would be <laughs> freaking hilarious. She should wear like uh, Victor and Ralph, their latest couture collection. Yeah, it's beautiful. The one that says fuck off or... Yes, yes. I think that would be perfect for Those her. big, foofy dresses. Yes. Yes. Just for, like, the red carpet, then she can, yeah. you know, wear That's whatever funny. she wants through the seats. Oh, man. Anyhow, 
Anywho, uh, we'll come back, obviously, after the Oscars, but we'll do a post about it. Probably. Our, yeah, I would think so. On our social media and our website. Yes. Um, my prediction is that Yelitsa would probably be wearing Sergio, Sergio Goiti. He's a Mexican designer, which I... Did you find him in New Mexico in that store in New Mexico as well? No. Oh. He's a he's from Mexico. He's a designer from Mexico. Oh, you were being funny. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Your Italian humor just totally oh, like man. went over my over over me. You remember that shop that you went into? Yes, I do. Okay, <laughs> That's why I was exactly. like, "What is she bringing that up <laughs> in my head?" Um, like with all the obscure design. Okay, whatever. Right. But yeah, she's been wearing him ever like throughout the whole. Award circuit. Well, then it should follow in true fashion. Then true fashion. And I want Lady Gaga to wear something amazing because every time she goes to the Oscars, she's pretty. I'm gonna when we're done with this, I'm gonna tweet Lady Gaga and give her the suggestion about the wedding dress. Yes, do it. Let's see if I get a response. Do it. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And I guess this is all for now. So in true junkie fashion, what are you obsessing about? You can't go, like, a season and a half and not do this now. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I was about to cut off. It's your problem. Um, sorry. Um, at the moment, I am just trying to obsess over... I'm trying to obsess over. I'm obsessing of getting, of finding a new job. Oh, dear Lord. So, I hope no one that works with you listens to us. I mean, I'm sure I've said it at one point, yelling or I am in everyone accidentally. Um, oh, man. You know, it's time to move on from the sweatshop and be my own sweatshop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying to find something else that will enable me to give me free time to do my own things. I gotcha. So a little bit more of a work home balance. Yeah, I gotcha. I think so Sweet. I need to be my own boss. I need to find. I need to know where like. All I think people... you should tell Caesar that you're going to take over his business and he can be the assistant. I think so. And see what he says. Probably laugh, but he'll probably think about it. I'm like, why about you just go to Puerto Rico and then I'll run it from here? Not a bad idea. Or you could go to Puerto Rico and he could run it from here. No, girl, there's like hurricanes over there. Oh. Okay. I can't. I can't go to sleep and then wake up in Kansas. Nope. In Kansas? Oh, there was a tornado. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a hurricane. Never mind. Where do you think you're going with a hurricane? Obviously, somewhere that's not Kansas. Anyway. Anyway, I go to Italy. I might take me to Italy. Speaking of, when are we going to Italy? With you, never. Why? <laughs> First, you have to learn Italian, and then we'll talk about it. All I need to know is where's the bathroom, and are you going to finish that? <laughs> Oh, man. So, what are you obsessing about? Mm. Oh, how's The Bachelor going? I'm not watching The Bachelor. I can't stand that oh, guy. that's what you told me. He was doing commercials about it, how he's, how he's going to be there. Yeah, I can't stand him. I literally think he is the worst Bachelor we have ever had. Why? Because he's a virgin? I, no. It, well, because ABC has publicized the entire goddamn season as that. Like, I don't care. 
Stop shoving it in my face. Well, because it's rare. Nobody's a virgin nowadays. Who cares? It's his personal choice. What he does behind closed doors is no one's business. But they're just saying that, like, we finally have one that's... Like, that we could sacrifice? I don't know. Like, I don't understand where... So do you think this brings a new breath of fresh air to the show? No, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Because everything else, every other season seems sexualized. I watched, to like a certain extent. I watched a show as reality television to escape the daily stress of my own life and to laugh at some of these idiots. And this is just making it way too, like, um, real, if you will. Like, too close to, like, everyday life. So I'm just not interested in any of it. No, thank you. Goodbye. Okay. Uh, with that, we're wrapping up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been watching. I started watching Parks and Rec. Actually, you would like it. Parks and Recreation? Yes, I love it. Oh, okay. I do watch that show. See, okay, if you like Parks and Rec, you would like The Office. It's the same people that made the show. I know, but no. Greg Daniels and Michael Schur, who, for Office fans, Michael Schur is Moe's. It's Dwight's brother. Uh, or Dwight's cousin, excuse me. And who else is on it? Oh, Rashida Jones is on it. Rashida plays Karen Filippelli on, on The Office. She's hilarious. She is. She's great. So I can't. Well, anyway, it's hilarious. Like, I can't even get over how funny yeah, they all are yeah, on that exactly. show. They're just a train wreck. I love wreck. Amy Fowler and um, the one that plays her boyfriend. Um, oh, what is his what's name? His name? Oh my god, I can never remember his name. I can't think of it either. But yes, save my life. But yes, they're both hilarious. Yeah, so that's what I've been watching. Um, I have a friend, my coworker. She reminds me of um, the her assistant and the secretary. Oh yeah. I was I like, you just stop being her and be more like approachable. Because we had this whole meeting about um, <laughs> being nice to oh, customers. Um, and I think when she answers the phone, she's very dry. And, oh, see, um, I couldn't do, like, over-the-phone orders like that because I would be like, you're an idiot. Hang up and t- call me when you know what you want. At one point, she was like, what do you not get? And so it's like, select. <laughs> And it's highlighting you the four <laughs> options for you to select. And I'm just like, I hate you. I'm going to lunch. See you later. See I can't be later. witness to this. <laughs> but it's funny, though, because everyone, there's customers that do like her or whatever. There's other customers that are like, oh, she's such a bitch. Well, different personalities. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you kind of had a bad day. Which is every day. Right. That ends in Y. <laughs> right. And I'm always calling her, like, you need to come out here and, like, do this, this, and that. And she's, like, because, like, our seamstress, there's, like, a little language barrier. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, come on, you you need to speak to them in your language. And she's, like, I, I, I don't know how to say that. I'm, like, oh. Anywho. Anywho. Is that the end of your story? Yes, I could continue. Oh, could go no. On for like another hour. No. I got um, But yes, um, thank you for listening. Um, there's going to be a f- Oscar recap. Um, there's got to be. Um, there's going to be. Um, 
I don't know what else. I, I got nothing. That's it. That's it. I'm going to um, go drink a cup of coffee now. I thought you were going to drink something else. Yesterday was National Margarita Day. I know, and I didn't get a margarita. I'm pissed. Me either. I'm really upset about that. I'm really upset. but I'm I feel like somebody today. owes me a margarita somewhere. Next year, I got you. Oh, I just figure I go out tonight for one. So, anywho, uh, thank you for having us again. Um, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes and on our blog and on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, follow us along for all of our shenanigans. Yeah, just tweet us. Leave us a little um, review in iTunes. Please. Gustavo, if Gustavo doesn't get a review by the end of 2019, he's going to go in and make his own fake account. Exactly. And write a review for himself. Exactly. Just myself. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Well, have uh, a wonderful, wonderful week. week. Um, see you in spring. In spring. See you in March. We'll see him in a couple weeks. Yeah, March. It'll be March already. March, 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 March. Anywho. All right. Have a wonderful week. Um, We will see you then. We'll see you then. And hopefully there is more fashionable news. Bye-bye. Bye.